0: Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says Soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, and Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and the people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and it grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what, these par- what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they might not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. And the one on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while. In a time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast. And in an honest and good heart, bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. A couple months ago, I was at the doctor having a checkup and they did a hearing test. And they put this headset on your head and I'm sitting there, I don't like doctors, I'm sitting there and I hear noises coming through my headset. Beep. 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 beep, beep, I'll stop. But I'm sitting there on the whatever table they call that And I'm holding this button to push, but I'm just sitting there. For some reason, it just didn't connect. We're starting. So I finally turned and I said to the nurse, are we starting? And she said, yes, Mr. Tripp. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Can we start again? She was relieved to know I wasn't deaf. (laughs) Why am I telling you that story? Could you all pray for me? I'm kidding. I tell you the story because we're about to start a hearing test. And I want you to know we're about to start a hearing test. But I'm not going to make those noises. It's a spiritual hearing test test. And what we have here is the parable of the soils, but we could also call it the parable of the hearers. And the question is, do you have the ability to hear and how do you know? So we have a parable. Parable is simply an elongated analogy. One story laid against another story to make a point, but the point has to be explained. That's a point of a parable. If you don't explain it, it can mean whatever you want. So we have a farmer out in the field sowing seed, broadcast method, grab it, chuck it, grab it, chuck it. Some falls on a path. It's like concrete dirt, paths between fields, no fences. And if it hits there, it's not going to grow because it can't get in the soil, amen? Birds come and take it, feet crush it, other seed falls in rocky soil. This is not soil filled with rocks. kind of sick farmer would leave rocks all in the field. It's soil with a rock bed below the plow line. The seed goes in, it grows, it sprouts quickly. You and me will be like woohoo. the farmer goes, uh-oh, no depth. Some falls in thistles and thorns, roots of weeds underneath, not on the surface. They smother it out, it can't grow, and some falls in good soil. Amen? Yields a hundredfold. Hey, farmers, what's a normal fold on a crop yield? See, we all know this, we're not an agrarian culture, but I have commentaries. is a normal healthy yield. 10 is a bumper crop. 100 don't happen, and that's Jesus' point. So he's told the story here, and the question is, what does the story mean? Which soil are we? How do we receive the word of God? And here's the hearing test. It's Isaiah 6, verse 8 and following. Y'all can do the legwork. But one of the signs of God's judgment is, though hearing they will not understand, though seeing they will not perceive. They're hard of heart, it's a judgment of God. So Jesus has a public preaching ministry and a private explaining ministry where he explains to his disciples. Understand the blessing, the grace, the mercy if you understand what Jesus is saying. So here's the question. Who understands the parable here? Don't put your hand up, especially if you're new. I ask all sorts of questions. Don't answer them. You can try if you want, but they're usually loaded. So, the first soil, Jesus explains a parable, is path soil. It's a hard hearted person where the seed takes no root and <clears throat> the devil snatches it or gets trampled underfoot. How do you know if you're hard hearted soil here today? Anyone here, don't put your hand up. Anyone here, hard hearted soil? Well, how would you know? Can I give you a little thing to think about? If you're listening to me going, when will he be done so I can get out of this God-forsaken place? You might want to consider that might be your soil. If you just don't care what God has to say, you might want to consider that might be your soil. I'm just saying. It's a disinterest in the word of God. It's no conviction of sin. It's a refusal to care about who God truly is. The hard soil person. Well, the next sort of soil is the, make sure I get this right, the rock soil. The rock soil are people who hear the gospel, receive the gospel with joy, and it lasts for a little while. You know what these people are? These are prosperity gospel people. They want a blesser, not a savior. They want Jesus to make their life better. But friends, anybody here saved can testify to this. When Jesus comes into your life, it doesn't always get easier. Sometimes it gets harder. You see, when trial comes, these people, they have joy, but trial comes and they run away. And the thing is, joy is not a marker of true salvation. Do you hear that? Joy is not a marker of true salvation. Truly saved people can have joy, but truly lost people can have joy too. It's just fleeting and it's not true biblical joy rooted in our identity in Christ. Don't let emotion determine whether or not you're truly saved. It's the word of God that determines whether you're saved. Based on God causing you to endure to the end. So these people hear the gospel. They receive the gospel. They are all woohoo with the gospel. But then testing comes and they go away. Well now I got thorny soil. What's thorny soil people? Well these are the people who try to serve two masters. They try to serve the world and they try to serve Jesus. And this gets harder. Because a real believer is someone who does serve two masters functionally, but struggles with it, desiring to serve only one master, Christ himself, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and it's a different trajectory than trying to have two wives. Anyone here married? Anyone here, any men married? Dan Dan and Kim, we have to have a talk. Dan's hand didn't go up, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. How do you think Kim would feel if Dan said he had another lady friend on the side that he'd be staying with three days a week? Kim would not be so happy with that. Well, Jesus doesn't invite us to have two masters. He says you can only serve one master. Amen? So what you have here are people who are trying to balance both sides, kind of like the rich young ruler. What do I need to do to be saved? Go and sell all that you have. It's not that in selling you're saved. It's getting to a root issue in the heart so the sower sows the seed and now we're going to back up i didn't forget this what is the seed who noticed that in the text the word of god it's the gospel tell me about the sower. what's the technique yeah but how what's the technique how do you scatter grab and throw professional farmer And a five-year-old with a snotty hand throwing seed. Whose seed grows better if it hits good soil? Not an issue, is it? You see the point, my friends? The issue ain't the sower. The issue is the seed, which is the word of God, the gospel. And we're talking about the heart and how the heart receives the word of God. And (laughs) Pardon me. What was that? I'm just going to go loud naturally. That scared the boots off of me. (laughs) See, it did, Evelyn, no boots. So then we have good soil. And the good soil is soil that is able, listen to this, to hear the word of God, to hold fast to the word of God, with an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Patience, huperetto, means to bear up under, to bear up under God's word. So Jesus is saying, when we sow the seed of the gospel, we'll get to this in a minute, there are four responses you'll get. Response number one, I don't care, shut your mouth, leave me alone. Response number 2 Woohoo! Jesus is gonna give me everything I want, woo, bless me, bless me, bless me. Where'd that person go? Response number three. Oh, I recognize that, 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 that on my own, I can't be right before God. That I do not serve God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That, that, that I've been living for my own glory, not God's glory. And that makes me condemned before God. And, and I need to be saved. But I got so much nice stuff. I got so many aspirations. The world offers so much stuff. Jesus, please forgive me, but please let me have all this stuff too. I love you, but I love this. And it becomes a wrestle over time that you can't win. And the thorns of the world smother out any desire you have for Christ. And some falls on good soil and it bears fruit with patience. A hundred fold yield so get your soil right get out of here and bear fruit amen be a wonderful sermon if we ended there what do you all do with this may i point out if you want worldly power you know what you need to do you need to get a hearing you ever watch a presidential debate mr mrs so-and-so the world is filled with all sorts of problems what is your plan to solve the problems well that's a great question i want to talk a bit about a farm i bought you ever notice that questions don't ever have anything to do with what they're answering alexander the great known robustly for his listening skills amen when alexander would come to town he would sit and invite all the townspeople to come and speak to him mr alexander We would like to have lessening of our taxes, please. Well, what a great idea. Whatever you say, people, I serve at your mercy. Is that how Alexander ruled and reigned? How do you think uh, the great dictators and emperors of world history gained power? They gained a hearing. There was a herald who would run into town proclaiming a message from the king. In fact, we sort of have this in scripture, do we not? A gospel proclamation, a message from the king. Behold, the king is coming. He will conquer and destroy his enemies. But he offers to turn enemies into friends. Now hang on a minute. Because do you know where kingdom power comes from, true power comes from? Not from getting a hearing, but from giving a listening, amen? How often in your life are you doggedly fighting with God to give you a hearing when you're refusing from God to give him a listening? Amen? Do you see the parable here? The path soil, it just shoves your fingers in your ears and tells God to shut his mouth. You just don't care. You see the the second soil and the third soil here? They're very similar because you might be listening to God, but you're telling God what you want him to do. God, I need this. God, I want you to bless me. God, give me a hearing and give me what I want. God, these are my hopes and dreams and aspirations. This is what I want in the world. I expect to be able to have this if you want me to have you. But in neither case is the person truly listening because we live in a world where power comes through getting a hearing we want our voices to be heard and if you don't believe me just listen closely to the news and events in our world and what you will hear are people fighting to get a hearing and when they can't get a hearing getting angrier and angrier and angrier listen Kingdom power comes from giving a listen to God. But there's a little problem here in verse 9. It says, And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not what? They can't give a listen. Do you know what the secrets are? Mysteries. There are things in the Old Testament revealed, explained in the New Testament. You say, like what? Like what? See me a nose. Like the incarnation of Christ, God taking on flesh. Like the mystery of the church, like the mystery of the resurrection, like the mystery of Christ in you. <clears throat> Proclaimed in the Old Testament, explained in the New Testament, understood only by those who are able to give a hearing. Well, how can you hear? How do you, if you're rocky, thorny, or hard path soil, how do you get the ability to hear? I guess you just curl up and wait to die and then you face God's wrath. I'm so sorry. Wish I had better news for you. No, because I have good news for you if you have refused to give God a listen for your whole life. You know what that good news is? You can cry out to God and you can pray to God along the lines of Psalm fifty-five, ten, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Forgive me, God. Make me anew. Save me, Lord Jesus. Please choose me. And here's a promise of God that if you turn to him, he will save you. Not turning to him to get stuff from him, but turning to him realizing that you have at root a sin problem. You have a rebellion problem. You have a I don't want to listen to God problem. You have a problem of living as an enemy of God, seeking glory for yourself rather than giving him all glory. This is what he says. And see, as I say that, you all have different responses. Some of you are going, who do you think you are knowing this stuff? Listen, I'm just plagiarizing God right out of his word. You can disagree with me all day long, that's fine. But if you disagree with God, that's something different. If that's the the feeling you get, the bristling that you get, understand, that's the root issue of sin. You don't get to tell God what it is. God gets to tell you because he made you and owns you and rules and reigns, Amen? amen? See, then the other problem is, Jesus might seem appealing, but other stuff seems more appealing. Fame. Fortune, celebrity, acceptance by people, health, wealth, prospering in everything you do. That all sounds good, doesn't it? But you read as we keep going through the Gospel of Luke and other Gospels, you read of a man who found a treasure in a field and sold everything he had so that he could buy that treasure. Do you know why he would sell everything he had to get that treasure? Because Jesus is the treasure of greatest value it is him that we have life it is him that we find joy through it is him that we were made to live with and as god works in our lives to cause us to see that then he becomes to us the greatest thing we could ever have who's received by grace alone through faith alone not by works alone because no one can earn god's favor by how they live but then there's good soil and my good soil friends are called believers and we are all some messed up folks. If someone isn't saved here, can I tell you a secret? Christian people, you know the difference between a saved person and a lost person? A saved person just knows how screwed up they are, and they cry out to Jesus to save them. The lost person doesn't ever cry out to Jesus to save them. Sometimes they don't realize how messed up they are. Us saved people, we know how messed up we are, and it's probably worse than you are. But we're forgiven positionally. We're not on our own practically. We are a new creation in Christ. And Jesus says when the gospel seed hits the soil of a, a believing heart, it will yield a 100-fold return. What he's saying is there's going to be a miracle harvest, there's going to be a miracle ROI on that seed. What does that miracle look like? Does anyone like to come forward for physical healing? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not a miracle of the Holy Spirit today. Do you want to know what the miracle looks like? Real simple. Inner and outer obedience. Inside. See, if you have outer obedience with no inner obedience, we call that legalism. Inner obedience is a desire to serve God for his glory because of who you are by his work in his eyes. Okay? Kind of like this. Religion says... If I do enough good things, God will accept me. That's religion. The gospel says God has accepted me through Christ, so I desire to do what God calls me to. Do you hear the difference? Inner desire leading to outer action where our lives are lived out for the glory of God. How do you do that? Well, we've been looking at the last few weeks about loving people. You know, we've, we've said this time and time again, you cannot love people. Not on your own. You can manipulate people, use people, but you will not love people as God calls you to on your own. We talked about forgiveness. You can forgive people as God has forgiven you if you've not been forgiven. You're not empowered to pull it off. You can't live your life for the glory of God. You might be able sometimes to do the right thing, but you're doing it for the wrong reason. It's about doing the right thing for the right reason, for the glory of God and the power of God. So the first thing i want you to take out of this is listen well hear the truth hold fast to the truth and bear fruit with patience in the truth through daily trusting in god so take a minute where are you not trusting god today don't tell me out loud where are you not trusting god today in your outer actions what sort of things are you doing or not doing that you know full dog well is not how God would have you living? You see, if we're, if we're not listening well, if we're hearing well, well, I can do what I want because I'm under grace. If I told my dad when I was JJ's age, my mom can answer this for you if you want, Say my dad says, I want you to vacuum downstairs, and I look at my dad and say, nope, not gonna happen. I'm your son no matter what, so I ain't doing it, right? That leather belt snap sound, right? Why do we think we can be casual like that with God? You see the disconnect, the problem is, my dad is not God. I thought he was when I was a kid. But God is perfect and loving and gracious. And as we know, as we give a listen to who God is and who we are in God, we come to see by his power that his commandments are not burdensome, but a joy and a delight. So if God says do it, we get to say, thank you, Lord, for saving me too. Thank you, God, for enabling me to help me, God, because I don't want to, but I know by your power, through your grace, I will. Amen? It's called giving a listen and living for God. So take a a little time today, would you? where in your life are you not given a listen to what God has to say and I'm talking to the believers here and doing what you want to do because you want to do it out of spite, out of arrogance in the old self and ask God to help you so that for his glory that seed of the gospel as you remember who Christ is and who you are in Christ can bear fruit for his glory and if you can't identify that area then you should probably take a giant couple steps back and start all over afresh and anew with the gospel. Because you should be able to find multitudes of areas by the Holy Spirit giving you that ability, if you're saved. Now here's the next thing I want you to do. And I struggled with which word to use this. I called it the plow well, but I figure that'll confuse people. So we'll call it sow well. How do people come to faith? Faith comes by, fill in the blank. I'm in the book of Romans in my head. Faith comes by, starts with H. Hearing. And hearing the what? What do you have to hear? So faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to convict people of sin and righteousness and judgment. Now I'm in the Gospel of John. And through that draws people to himself for forgiveness the seed of the gospel is cast upon the heart of the person and the holy spirit plows that heart if he so desires so that it will take root and bear much fruit how does that seed get to the heart the holy spirit listen close does not convict people of sin righteousness and judgment in a vacuum how does the seed of the gospel get to the heart You see, y'all don't want to do this part. You remember the beginning of this this story here? There was a sower casting seed. If you're saved, someone chucked the gospel in your direction at some point in the past. And it may have been one of the worst gospel presentations you could ever dream of, but remember, it's not the technique of the sower, it's the content of the seed. So some people got alphabet soup behind their name and they can share the gospel that way. Others can't even speak clearly and they can't go past one syllable words. But if you're saved, you can share the gospel that way. Do you understand this? If you are saved, listen closely. If you are saved, you can share the gospel because you must have understood the gospel to be saved. That's what the Holy Spirit uses. The gospel can be said as simply as just a few short words. God saves people from himself, by himself, and for himself. The gospel can be unpacked in 5, 10, and 15 volume works. It is a jewel that is so beautiful to gaze upon that you can and will hopefully spend all of eternity gazing upon the beauty of the gospel and Christ Jesus who is ultimately the gospel himself. But it starts with God saves people from himself. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God saves people by himself. For you are saved by grace through faith and not by works, so that no one can boast. And God saves people to himself. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. But that comes through the proclaiming of the gospel. So I need you to listen well. If you're saved. Remember who you are, remember who Christ is, and trust with him so as you bear up under his word and his power, you'll bear much fruit. For those of you who have not trusted in Christ, I'm begging you and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to convict you that he might give you the ability to hear his word as I'm chucking seed all over the place, maybe with a horrible technique, maybe with a really bad lip, but the good news is it's not my oratorical skills that will save you, it is the power of the Holy Spirit who saves But we must go out and cast this seed. But understand, you don't have to be a professional seed caster. You just have to be a child of God. And you get to go and proclaim good news of great joy that shall be for all people. That God has sent his son into the world to save sinners. And then I want you all to rejoice well. See, I think here's here's the problem that we have as believers we live in light of the circumstances rather than the Psalms I guess we could say in light of this morning God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble we know that's true but then we we walk into life and it just kicks us in the teeth I got physical issues not me personally all of us though I got some I got emotional issues, I got relational issues, I got financial issues, I got all sorts of issues, and I don't understand why God would let me have these issues. And if you ain't got issues, you need to pull your head up out of the sand and look around for a little bit. As a professor I had in seminary said one day to to the class, life is hard and it will repetitively kick you in the teeth. And when it does, the question is what do you do and how do you react? And for those of us who are in Christ, we need to remember what Jesus says. In this world, you will be repetitively kicked in the teeth. You will struggle with myriad issues day by day. And one day you will drop dead and die. I'm paraphrasing. He just said, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, I have overcome the world. He also reveals to us He is the sovereign God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, John 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, Genesis 1. All things were created by Him and through Him and for Him, speaking of Christ, amen. Every single thing that happens in your life happens because God causes it or allows it. Now you say, why would Jesus let life kick me in the teeth? I don't have an answer for that. But I rest in the reality of who he is. A good and gracious and kind God. Knowing by too many people's testimonies, my own included, and for those that are saved, I know you got this. You've been kicked in the teeth by life. But you've gotten glimpses of how God has used that in ways that you wouldn't change a thing, amen? In fact, he simply uses that to create a beautiful piece of art. You ever watch someone carve a marble statue? They don't rub it with soft cloths. Oh, gentle, gentle we go. They take a hammer and they take a chisel and they bang, 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 bang. And out of that mess, if the artist has skill, is presented a beautiful piece of art. Do you know what a believer is? It's someone in whose life, by grace through faith, the most incredible artist who has ever been known, God himself, chisels away the dross and the flesh and sin's effects and he begins to create a beautiful picture that looks very much like Christ himself as we're transformed into the image of Christ. Or if you want to go to the farming analogy, he bears a bumper crop a hundredfold. So for those who are saved, rejoice, because any circumstance in your life that is difficult or hard or concerning is really ultimately only difficult and hard and concerning because you're forgetting who God is and who you are in him. Fear not is God's repetitive command to his people again and again and again. Why? Because we are his and he is ours. On the opposite side, for those who are outside of Christ, what you have to do is find false hope to get through the hard things of life. Oh, I know so-and-so is in a better place now. How do you know? I know everything's going to work out well in the end. Really? Because I'm not so sure it always does for everybody. False hope is a wonderful thing. You get on a boat, the boat's going down, and the captain says, we're all going to be okay. That's great until the boat goes down. Here's the parable. The boat's sinking. A rescue boat has come, and his name is Christ. Do you hear him calling to you? Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Full circle back to where we started. I'll bring the plane in for a landing. Do you guys hear that? Did everybody hear that? We got some problems in here. We're going to get a bus trip to the Miracle Ear Clinic <laughs> afterwards, but before we get there, there was something far more consequential I wanted you to hear. And that went something like this. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock and as it grew up it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now here comes the noise. Let me know if you hear it. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. Jesus simply says, did you hear me? What's your soil condition? What's your hearing like? What do you do with the word of God, the seed that's thrown? Does it just bounce right off? I just don't care. Do you twist it and go, hey, I didn't know Jesus was a blesser. He's not a blesser, he's a savior. Or do you hear it and kind of understand it, but man, man. The world looks so good, and the desires of the flesh are just so wonderful. Listen, if that's your case, you're no different than anyone else by birth. But God offers new birth in and through Christ. And if you will simply call out to him to plow the soil of your heart so that the seed might take root, and you might bear a good harvest for him, rejoice in this. It's not how well you live that lets you to be saved. It's how well Christ lived on your behalf. It starts with yelling out to God, I can't do it. Now you're getting the gospel because to that Jesus says it is done. And a life of doing in light of his done is what awaits you in joy as you walk with Christ. But for those who have good soil, remember how you got that good soil heart? It wasn't because you were so special. Why does Jesus say to the disciples that they have been blessed because they have an ability to hear? Was it because they were such wonderful people? Now it's called grace. And God delights in taking quite often what the world considers foolish and weak and demonstrating his strength through it. Meaning, don't get too high on yourself, Christian folk. Let the Lord humble us so that he might be exalted. Amen? Now, what we're going to do now, in a minute, I'm going to invite Nicole up. And basically, Nicole's just going to summarize that sermon. Basically, she could summarize last week's sermon. She can summarize any week's sermon because the reality is for those of us that are saved, that's our story. Amen? We were blind and we received sight. We were deaf and we received hearing. We were dead and we received life by God's grace through faith. Now, the reality is that God works in different people's lives in different ways, right? The the same seed hits, but how the seed hits and what the circumstances of life are at the time are always a little bit different. And that's just a wonderful way to glorify God by how he works uniquely in and through all of our lives. But in light of this parable and in preparation for Nicole to come forward, let's pray. Lord God, I am so thankful that it is not by our technique or ability or skill that people are able to be saved. Because if that were the case, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. Lord, I am thankful you that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And that as we read this parable, we shouldn't miss the fact, almost picturing in our mind's eye, a dad who's a farmer, broadcasting seeds spectacularly teaching his five-year-old son to do the same as he prepares him to enter into the family business and while maybe there are those who can cast the seed of the gospel in a beautiful way that glorifies you through and through the reality is most of us do it like the five-year-old kid more of it probably lands down the back of our shirt than on the soil but that seed that lands on the soil when it's good soil by your work, Holy Spirit, will bear fruit by your power for your glory. Paul and Apollos planted seed and watered, but it was God who gave the growth. So Lord God, remind us of that, comfort us in that, and give us boldness in that to go and cast the seed of the gospel. Holy Spirit, remind us of the grace you showed to us in plowing our hearts so we could receive the gospel. Holy Spirit, remind us that you have given us a new heart and a new spirit at work in us, so that as we trust in you and bear up under your truth, your word, which is truth, trusting in you, we will bear much fruit for your glory. Lord, for those of us who are saved, cause us to delight in glorifying you. And help us to help one another to trust you so that we might glorify you. And Lord, for those who may be with us today who have not yet trusted in you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that that through this, this word today that you might do some plowing. That you might reveal to these people the enormity of your holiness. The fact that you are unapproachable to sinful flesh that on our own we cannot enter into your presence, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that you don't ask us to be kind of good people. You tell us you must be perfect to dwell with God. But yet, God, not only are you holy and just, you are also the justifier. You are gracious and merciful. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lord God, I pray for those people that they might be convicted of sin in their life, your righteousness and a judgment to come, and that through that they might be able to behold the reality of who Christ is, the God-man who came and lived the perfect life we couldn't, upon the cross died the death we deserve, taking the wrath of you, the Father, upon himself, who was buried in a tomb and three days later rose from the dead so that we who are saved might proclaim, he is risen. I'll say, he is risen. He is risen and Lord, as those... Who worship a risen Savior, I pray that you might use our lives to demonstrate to those who haven't yet entrusted, who have not yet trusted in you, that you are a God who saves and works mightily through a harvest of much fruit. God, please save people. Please encourage people. Please remind us of the love you have for people, so that we who are saved might love you. Jesus, in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. We'll do the song after